0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Devils Tailgate presented by Devils Insiders, a New Jersey Devils game day podcast. Alongside Dave Turner, I'm Jeff O'Connor. Well, the New Jersey Devils will finish up a back to back set tonight. They'll do it down in the city of brotherly love to close out the weekend. And then the final week of the regular season, hard to believe it is here, though, uh, will begin on Monday. And the Devils will close out their season with some home games. Uh, they'll play an important road contest. Uh, in the grand scheme of the NHL history. They'll we'll play the last game ever at Joe Lewis Arena, so that'll be kind of cool when we get to that one as well. But uh, they will take on the Flyers tonight, and the Flyers are six points out of a playoff spot. It's looking very slim for them, but this is certainly a game they need. So again, you're going to get a team that's right outside that playoff picture that needs this hockey game. and intrigued to see how the Devils respond here again. But you know, we, we could talk about the game, we could kind of We could talk about the penalties, we could talk about Zaka Quenville, we could do a bunch of things, but you know what, let's take a moment here, and the news came out very early Friday morning, Uh, everyone did a pretty good job keeping that under wraps, because a lot of places released their story on it, uh, pretty much right after the Devils announced it, so a lot of those must have been in the can. Uh, But Patrick Elias officially retiring, and the Devils are doing uh, some really... Uh, Some really cool stuff here along the way. So uh, if you didn't get a chance to go to the game, that regular season game last year, you're going to get a few chances to see uh, Patrick Elias here along the way. He will uh, drop the ceremonial first puck. That'll come up um, pretty soon. That'll be on Tuesday, the 4th. Then there's an open practice later in the week, uh, somewhere near the end of the business week next week. And then Saturday, uh, the Devils' last home game. He's actually going to participate in... Pre-game skate. He's going to uh, put the jersey on one last time, the shell, the stockings, the helmet, all the equipment. I mean, it's funny. I guess he doesn't really need to put on the equipment. I wonder if he will put on the equipment. It's just a weird aside to this whole thing here. But he'll he'll lace up the skates one more time. He'll take a lap. Uh, So if you're thinking about coming coming to the game, or you are coming to the game, uh, make sure you get in the building as soon as it opens up because. Uh, again, pregame warmups is about 30 minutes before puck drop, if not a little bit earlier than that. So if you want to see Patty one more time, uh, skate around that Prudential Center ice surface uh, before an NHL hockey game. That'll be your last opportunity uh, to check it out. So Dave, the uh, the announcement came down on Friday uh, that Patrick Elias would be retiring. You know, it's funny when this whole process started. You know, it's been it's been a long ride here. It was, I think, you know, if you go back about a year ago, not too long after the season ended. There was the, the surgery he had uh, you know, that, uh, on one of his legs, and they said, okay, well, let the rehab process begin. He didn't have a contract. Uh, would the Devils want him still? Uh, if he was cleared to play, would they give him a contract, or were they just kind enough to, you know, to let him work out, use the facilities, and then maybe uh, you know, if he came back and felt good and the Devils didn't want him, would he go somewhere else? There were a ton of questions, and uh, those questions really lingered throughout the summer. Into August, into training camp, and even the, the first month of the season, there was still some buzz about it around uh, around the team. And then, you know, then it finally, at some point, it started to drift away. I guess probably once we were about a month into the season, you really didn't hear much about Aliosh. And then, you know, he had the interview a few months ago with Matt Lachlan uh, on the One Jersey Network, and that was, you know, I'm not going to go back and paraphrase the whole thing, but that was the first indicator that. He wasn't optimistic about returning. He didn't say that he was done, but it was the first sign of pessimism we saw from Eliash during the whole process. So we saw that, and then again, we kind of heard less and less and less. So you're thinking, boy, it's no way it's going to happen. And you know, you could entertain some thoughts in your mind. I know, I know, I did. I said, you know, maybe they'll have him play one of the last games, or maybe once the Devils are officially eliminated from the playoffs, maybe he'll be good to go and they can get him in some games there, and they didn't have to worry about you know uh, playing him over other guys during a playoff race or anything like that. Uh, but that didn't end up being the case. Uh, he ends up retiring. He goes out on his own accord. And he said it's not because he couldn't play. You know, there were some interesting articles if you read a, a lot of the, the local media today. He said it's not because he, he couldn't play. It's because he thinks it would have been so drastically different from his last few years as a devil that he didn't want to do it. And he didn't want the grind of playing every night. You know, he got a taste to, to do some other things uh, during his time, time away from the game during these last few months and it it didn't seem like he, he he wanted to put in the time which is well deserved the man's 40 years old he's put in 22 whatever it is 20 21 22 seasons of NHL work all with the Devils the man's earned the right to to not have a you know to lose a little bit of a passion for the game i think that's human nature and that's cool uh, so good for patty and dave a guy who again pff, you couldn't pick a better guy to be the the offensive Uh, face of the franchise. Uh, Not only was he close to a point-per-game player in in the regular season, he raised his game even bigger in the playoffs. Didn't matter whether he was a young guy, you know, winning his first Stanley Cup, or even in that you know 2012 playoff run, he was a he was a very significant contributor. He raised his game in the playoffs. Uh, it, even in the regular season, though, he could play a defensive game if if you wanted to use him on the power play. Obviously, uh, that was something you did a lot because he scored a lot of power play goals, scored a ton of even strength goals. You could put him on the penalty kill though, uh, and he wasn't a passenger. He could help you know if you needed him to be a a, a first pairing. Forward group out there on the PK, he could do it. He could play in all situations. He played in all zones. Uh, I think Lou Lamorello probably would say he was one of the, he was a prototypical Devil. Was all about the team. Uh, you know, sometimes he would have you know he had those big goal scoring seasons early on, and then he developed more into an assist man as his career matured. So you know we could talk, we could sit here and talk, uh, you know, uh, all day about Patrick Elias, but we'll you know we'll kind of keep it uh, somewhat to a medium length here. But you know everyone remembers the pass in front. To Arnott in the 2000 Cup Finals, uh, it wasn't it was what a few weeks before that that he scored a pair of goals in Game Seven against Philadelphia. Um, scored several goals in the 2000 um, 2003 Stanley Cup Finals in some games the Devils won. I mean he was just unbelievably a huge piece of this team. And uh, you know what what will get lost in the shuffle is, is amongst the the Cup run teams. You know when the, when he came back in the 05 06 season when he was suffering. Uh, from the hepatitis Uh, and then he came back midway through the season uh, early January and then the Devils just took off like a rocket but I think everybody remembers teams were playing their backup goalies against the Devils the Devils were struggling they didn't know how to how to work in the new NHL and then once Eliash came back it was like a light it was like a uh, a light switch flicked on for the Devils, and they turned it into overdrive. He put up a great amount of points. He dominated the Rangers, absolutely destroyed them. I think he had 11 points in that four-game series against the Rangers. Uh, so, he, Dave, he was just an awesome player. Uh, it's funny because, you know, the Devils are still looking for the next Patrick Eliashefield. You know, they've had a Zach Priest, they've had an Ilya Kovalchuk, but they haven't had a guy who's been that consistent guy who's done it with all the different teammates or hasn't maybe been the premier guy on his team, but has always been a guy who's... Uh, you know, pretty steady with with his offensive ability. So, uh, cool to see Patrick get to go out on his own. He'll obviously be missed in Jersey, but uh, he certainly gave us a lot of memories in over two decades of hockey.
1: He really did, Jeff. And it's almost hard to to think of everything without forgetting some of the moments because there were so many of them. But I think the best way to sum him up is that on a team that was known for its defense for you know pretty much the entirety of his time here, that he was a player that was so good. That he was able to stand out, even within this system. That you know, look, there were certainly other good offensive players that have, have come and gone through here, but his ability to get it done at such a high level for so many years on a team that was a defensive, for, you know, t- first team, is impressive. And and I will say this, and, and I'm not not afraid to say it, and and I will fight this cause. I think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. I really do. And. I know that numbers are a big thing, and, and people like to look at numbers and say, oh, well, you compare to this guy and that guy. If you watch him enough, and we certainly all did, I think you understand that his ability and how much he meant to this team is far beyond point totals and things like that, where, you sure, it's easy to say, oh, let's go over the stats and, and see where he fits. No, it's not doing his game justice to to really just look at stats, You know he was, he was a magician. I mean, he really was that talented, where you would see him make plays that were such a subtle play. And Jeff, it's funny. The other day, with no idea that this was going to happen, you and I were talking about Elias the other day, kind of because we were discussing Pavel Zaka. And we were discussing how Patrick would make the simple play so many times, but it wasn't necessarily the easy play to make. It was just a play that was... The I don't even know how to describe it other than it was it ended up being the right play without even being the play that would that would have made sense to make and that's what he would do is that he would, you know even the goal to Arnott I'm just going to throw the puck in front and see what happens boom goal, you know and, and and for in a in a era where guys tend to overthink perhaps and I don't want to say showboat but but try to do too much he kept it simple and that was the beauty of it that he had that aspect of his game that he knew how to just make things happen and. I think that really any player in this league can learn from his his game and and how versatile he was and 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 I do think that he never got to really shine because he played in a defensive system that if you did put him somewhere else, I think he would have been talked about more. But really, Jeff, I don't know how how else to say it other than that he you know he belongs uh, with all the accolades that that a big time player deserves, you know, his his number being retired here, the first offensive player to have his number retired here. I think he's a Hall of Famer, and I also think, you know, he's someone that that should be talked about with his retirement now as as a great player and an, and an NHL great. I know he'll never really get quite that much notoriety, I think, because unfortunately I I think he kind of fell under the radar a little bit, but Certainly we all know just how great of a player he really was. Uh, yes, it was an honor and privilege to watch
0: him play hockey uh, every single night for the New Jersey Devils. And, yes, thank you for reminding me about that. that uh, the team did announce already that that's definitely happening during the 17-18 season, somewhere in there. Uh, the Devils will be retiring Patrick Eliash's, uh jersey number. Boy, that didn't take long. You consider... Uh, Scott Stevens he was done at the end of the 04 season so he had two seasons uh two seasons grace period Ken Danico was done for three seasons before he had his number retired you know Scott Niedermeyer obviously wasn't with the organization for a long time so that's a that's a different one and then uh Marty Brodeur finished what after 13 14 with the Devils uh 14 15 season passed and then He got retired in the 15-16 season. So uh, just about everyone, uh, you know, minus Niedermeyer, everybody's gone in in three years or less, and Elias will be the first one to do it where he actually goes in uh, the year after, which is uh, pretty cool. So we'll get to see Patrick Elias have his jersey retired uh, sometime during that 2017-18 season. Looking forward to it very much so. Okay, with that, there is a game to be played tonight. So let's talk about it. The New Jersey Devils, 27-36-14. and The Philadelphia Flyers are 3732 and 8. As we take a look here, it's a 7 p.m. start time. It's at the Wells Fargo Center. It's on MSG Plus, the One Jersey Network, and WFAN. These teams have two more meetings this year, including tonight. This is meeting number four, Devils. Uh, will play the Flyers again uh, April 4th at Prudential Center. That's a Tuesday uh, out of the Rockets, one of the last few games of the season at Prudential Center. The Devils have won all three games. Uh, They've outscored the Flyers. They've destroyed them 14-3. And the Devils have won their last few games at the Wells Fargo Center. They have won their last three contests in Philly. They haven't lost to the Flyers uh, since December 11, 2014 in the city of Brotherly Love. All-time, the numbers, uh, the Devils, 104 wins, 76 losses, and 21 overtime sessions. And they are 41, 47, and 12. On the road, it's already been announced that Corey Schneider will get the start in goal. Five, three, and one, one shutout, two forty goals against, and a nine thirteen save percentage in his career against the Flyers. And we'll see who the Flyers start. We saw Steve Mason go last time, uh, for whatever reason, couldn't tell you why. We'll give you his numbers again. They are atrocious against the Devils. Zero nine, a three ninety three goals against average, and eight fifty two save percentage. And Michael Neuvertz are much better. Uh, it would be a shock if if Steve Mason starts another uh, another game against the Devils, uh, which was a surprise when they saw him two weeks ago. Neuwirth against the Devils, six three and five, one shutout, two twenty three goals against average, and a nine nineteen save percentage. Well, Dave, if there's any game the Devils have gotten up for over the last few months consistently, and then there hasn't been a whole lot of consistency to this season, one game they've gotten up for. Is when they play the Philadelphia Flyers. So I'm intrigued to see if the Devils can do it again. It, it's so tough to continue to beat a team. And the Devils did a good job of that in the mid-2000s. They, you know, they had the Flyers' numbers. I think for a while it was some insane streak where they had won whatever it was, like 30 of 35 games against the Flyers in, in some some span like that. Uh, but the Devils, for whatever reason, you know, I, I guess it's a good thing. It's, it's certainly not a bad thing. I guess it's bad when you consider it. Uh, you know the inconsistencies they've had against other teams, uh, but they've gotten up for the Flyers games, Dave. Uh, whether it's the uh, the the geographical location, whether there's just some guys who don't like other guys. You know the the Miles Wood, Wayne Simmons, those guys have uh, have tossed hands over the last few games with each other. Some in just scrums, some in fights. Uh, whether it's the playoff series from a few years ago, there's still a good amount of Flyers on that uh, on that. The current Flyers who were on that 2012 playoff team, we know there's not a whole lot more of the 2012 Devils around, but there's still a lot of Flyers who were on that team. Uh, whatever the case is, uh, the Devils get physically engaged with this team, and that I think that always benefits them. The Flyers bring out the best in them, whether it's the way they play or the way they kind of wake up the Devils early on. Uh, the Devils always seem to play well against them. And speaking about the Flyers, Dave, as we're kind of talking about them here, uh, this is a game they're obviously desperate for. We mentioned it. They are six points back in the standings and they're even in games uh, with the Boston Bruins who currently lead that last wild card spot. So they're not they're not toast, uh, but it's also quite a long shot. So with that said, they need to be absolutely perfect. There is no margin of error for them. Uh, so they're a team that's played much better at home. They're 23-11-4 compared to 14-21-4. Not an easy environment. You know, the fans, that, that's probably, uh, for me, I would say that's a top three loudest building in the NHL. You know, you could probably th- maybe throw a Winnipeg or Montreal in there as well. I would say Philly's got to be right up there as far as buildings that just have buzz, electricity in them. Uh, whether Devils fans like to hear it or not, I think it's the uh, – the absolute honest truth. So uh, this is a Flyers team, Dave, that, you know, they the other night, uh, this is a team we saw them, we talked about it on tailgate the other day. They they wrecked the Islanders. They came out they scored five goals in the first ten minutes. Now, listen, I wouldn't expect them. Uh, or excuse me, four goals in the first 10 minutes. I wouldn't expect them to do that again tonight, uh, but this is a Flyer team that certainly has to be perfect, so they're going to come out desperate. Uh, and It's funny, they, they always play the same way, but I'm interested to see if they turn it up a few decibel levels or a few notches, so to speak, uh, with a game that means everything to them.
1: Yeah, well, the, the Devils had a chance to play spoiler against the Islanders, and they just paraded themselves into the box all night, so that made it difficult for them to win that one, and, and I think that this is going to be a game that's going to be similar to that, where the Flyers have done well to get the themselves back into the mix, considering that they were sort of left for dead. Uh, you know, they had that big winning streak, and then it was sort of all downhill for a while for them. And they've just clawed their way back into it a little bit. And I, I think for the Flyers, even if they don't get there, they want to finish strong, and and they have a chance to finish where they say, all right, you know, maybe maybe we're ten points away from being you know a seeded team in the division or something like that. I don't know, but they they have at least an ability to keep it going here, and, and they need these two points. And they absolutely do. Uh, whether it's an overtime, whether it's a shootout, they they need the two points in the worst way if they want to continue, you know, their, their chase of a playoff spot here with Boston and a couple other teams ahead of them. So, also, Jeff, I think the angle we're, we're maybe not thinking about here is that the Devils have had success against the Flyers, I think you got to expect the Flyers to be kind of angry about that at some point, where you know they statistically have had a much better season than the Devils, and the scoreboard says otherwise. The Devils have kind of taken it to them a bunch of times, so I would think at, at some point in all of this, the Flyers are going to be a little pissed off about how they've done against the Devils, because look, if, if say the Devils go win tomorrow. That's eight points that the Flyers have dropped to the Devils. If they win two of those games, they're probably you know they're right in the mix at least. So uh, I, I think that's got to be a sore spot for them. But if you're the Devils, at least you get a chance now in a game where your rival really needs it to say, yeah, screw it. You know, don't let them don't let them get the points here and uh, and, and get back in it, especially off of a frustrating loss to the Islanders where. You know, they they could have put it together at any point and just didn't. A little more discipline involved, that kind of thing. But I I think this could be a nice way to kind of cap the season would be a win uh, in Philadelphia when the Flyers are just kind of getting back on track now uh, looking for it. Also, just the fact of of beating them a bunch of times in the season would kind of be a nice thing. But it's not going to be easy. It's going to take a lot more discipline than they showed against the Islanders.
0: Since that game where the Devils jumped them 6-2 in Jersey, they've actually won five of their last seven, a 4-3 win at home against Carolina. Uh, They lost on the road to Winnipeg 3-2 and Columbus 1-0, but they sandwiched between that a 3-1 win at Minnesota. They beat Pittsburgh for the second time in a pair of weeks Uh, That was in Pittsburgh, 6-2, and then they won on home ice against Ottawa, 3-2, and the Islanders, 6-3, which we already mentioned. Their ranks of the season, 2.58 goals per game, that's 21st in the league, 2.87 goals allowed per game, that's 22nd in the NHL. Their power play is middle of the pack, 19.5% of the power play, 15th in the NHL, and their PK is 79.5%. That's 22nd in the NHL, so you, you hear all those numbers and how back half of the league heavy they are. you got to give a lot of credit to Dave Haxtell to even have this team sniffing the playoffs as we enter, as we officially turn the calendar in April. It's, uh, he's done a pretty impressive job here. So Dave, you know, we, we, we decided this before the show, and we're going to change it up here on the audience, and you know it's funny, we haven't, we haven't changed a whole lot of things in the show uh, this year, but uh, we'll do it here. No more keys. I think perhaps everyone's tired of hearing keys. We're tired of giving keys. Uh, I think it's it's grown a little tiresome of you know us repeating some of the same things, even though uh, they may be true. We're gonna go here, uh, and I don't think I I did not run this by you necessarily, but I think we're gonna say how we think the game uh, is gonna go here. So I'm gonna go out not on a limb. I think the Devils are gonna win again. But I think we're going to have a close game. I, I don't see them going in here and, and throttling them and you know rattling their cages like we saw in the first three games from the Devils. I believe they scored uh, at least four goals in every game against the Flyers so far this season. I can see this one being a little bit back and forth. I, I think it's a game where the Devils won't – if the Devils are going to win, and I do have them winning, so this is kind of how I see it. I see them going back and forth, but I don't see the Devils ever trailing in this game. So I see them trading goals, you know, going up – one nothing, having a tied 1-1. I see it as a 3-2 final for the Devils. Going up one nothing, having a tied 1-1. Uh, and then both teams kind of matching what the other one does. So the Devils go up on a power play goal, make it 2-1, but then they allow one of their own, makes it 2-2. And I'm thinking that this might be overtime shootout as well, I think, if the Devils are going to win this one. I, I get that feeling. Uh, I think it might come down to that. I think the Devils might have the advantage a little bit uh, when you get down to that 3-on-3 play considering the flyers uh, they've got talent but you know they don't have that breakaway that uh, that you know what's the word I'm looking for that breakaway speed so to speak I think the devils have a little bit more of that in in a wood and a Hulse, uh, uh, those kind of guys. So I'm gonna call it three two devils for the over uh, game in overtime. I think Corey Schneider will have another good game. It'd be nice to see him you know considering it's been such a up and down year for him you know he finally found his game in January. He started to get back into a rhythm, then the team went into that big funk, whatever it was, the whole 10-game losing streak, and now he's been splitting some time with Kincaid, and and that's good for Keith. And I don't think Corey minds for the most part. I'm sure he'd like to be in there, but uh, I'm expecting a strong performance from him. A a 30-plus save game. Uh, in which the Devils win uh, 3-2 in overtime. So I'm kind of throwing this out there. I hope you've had enough time to prepare uh, how you see this game going uh, or predicting how this game is going to shake out here. But uh, that's what we're going to do today. No more keys. Keys are out.
1: I'm with you, Jeff, on, on the no keys. I'm also going to not give you a goal prediction I mean, of what the score is going to be. I'm going to say the Flyers win this one, but I, I'm going to say this. I think after we heard Coach Hines or kind of have the idea of what he said to the officials after the game, Against the Islanders, what Keith Kincaid did say about the officiating, you get the feeling that this kind of plays into what the Flyers want to do. They love to be pests. They love to get you to play that kind of game. As you said, though, sometimes that does bring out the best in this team but I think you're going to see a game where the flyers find a way to get it done. You know, maybe, maybe in, in, in a third period or something like that, uh, you know, and maybe in a two, two game, they find the three, two goal there. But Jeff, I think this is a really fascinating one because after all those penalties, you're now playing the team that kind of does a really good job of getting under their skin. But the way you could also look at it is the devils have done a good job of getting under the flyer skin. So, uh, no matter what way you want to shape it, I know this is the first time we've ever made uh, picks, pretty much, on the show, and we're both going in different directions. So, may the uh, may the best band win. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, yeah, I think tomorrow should actually kind of have uh, some added zing to it because of how things finished in Brooklyn uh,
0: last night. So I'll ask this here before we wrap up. So I said, you don't. Have to, I know you're not big on scores. Uh, do you think it's a close game tomorrow? I have the Devils winning three-two. You don't have to give me a score. You said the Flyers are winning. Is it a close game? Sort of. Not really. Blowout.
1: I, I think it's a one-goal game. I do. I, I think you're looking at maybe four-three if I had to pick it. I guess. I think it'll be a one-goal game where maybe the Devils are in it for a while. Uh, Flyers pull away with one or something like that, but yeah, I, I think it'll be a good game. I just, I just think eventually the Flyers are going to get one against the Devils, just because no one really goes out and blows a team out for all year. And the fact that the Devils have done that up until this point kind of just makes me feel like eventually it's going to turn the other way. Could be the
0: law of averages, or maybe the Devils just have the Flyers number. We will find out a little bit later tonight. The Devils Flyers, tonight at the Wells Fargo Center in Philly. It's at 7 p.m. It's on MSG Plus, the One Jersey Network, and WFAN. So, for Dave Turner, I'm Jeff O'Connor. This has been Devils Tailgate. Thanks so much for listening. Let's go, Devils, and we will speak to you next week.